shared with you uh, my um, ongoing battles with uh, COVID part due is uh-huh. on uh, ongoing. It uh, turned into an intestinal uh, thing, uh, still a little bit in the, uh, the sinuses and throat, still a bit of a, uh, of a hack, but um, it just doesn't really want to give up. It's, this is a really a nasty bugger. Uh, it's, um, it's a shame that uh, it was, uh, was created in this manner and, and uh, thrust upon the world, but we are so far away from uh, this one being over. Um, uh-huh. you know, the variants continue to uh, mutate, and uh, and you know this one is uh, is interesting in that um, if you get it, it, it yes. there's three different variants going around right now. It won't even protect you for a week. The antibodies from the next variant. Really? So, you know, it used to be if you get something, huh, you're done. If you take the, uh, huh. the you know, the uh, a vaccine, you were good for anywhere from the worst case. You know, a vaccine was uh, 12 months. Uh, best case, it would last for years. Well, gosh, the vaccine got down to about 10 weeks. And <laughs> even getting mm-hmm. the daggone virus, your antibodies now are, are capable of, uh, well, of lasting a day or two. So it is uh, an ongoing frustration. I have been very critical of police uh, for, uh, oh, I guess, better part of uh, 20 years yeah. that I've been uh, been doing yeah. this. Uh, I am. Uh, uh, my issue with police is that they have gotten far too militaristic, far too uh, bossy, willing to deprive people of their uh, of their freedoms, uh, way too arrogant, way way too dishonest. Uh, there's way too many police that will will frame an individual and, uh, and stick together uh, and lie and even lie and perjure themselves in court. It is, uh, uh, it's a sad thing. And I think one of the problems was we, we recruited way too many policemen from the military uh, with mm-hmm. that 
shoot to kill uh, mentality. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and in the military, you're you're trained to lie. Uh, uh, you know, they've, every study that's been done of the U.S. military shows that they will revert to a lie, even if the truth served their interests. Uh, but occasionally, you have to say uh, credit where credit is due. There was a uh, a a crime that took place at a drive-through uh, McDonald's. It's in Utah, and uh, uh, and the um, uh, looks like a Muslim man. Uh, his uh, name was uh, Sadat Johnson. So old Sadat, he's got his uh, his Islamic beard. Uh, he's uh, driving through the McDonald's, and um, he evidently doesn't speak very clearly, um, and. He, the order gets a bit messed up. Uh, and so he thought that the best approach to that was to pull a gun on the, uh, the girl that was handing out the meals. Uh, and God. so she, she did not think that was a really good idea. And so she uh, notified the police who came and while he was still being belligerent, uh, asked him to get out of the car. But, you know, he's too special to uh, do that. So he uh, resisted arrest. Uh, and because he had wielded a gun, they knew he was armed. He gave the gun to his four-year-old kid that was sitting in the back seat. They told his four-year-old kid to shoot and kill the cop. And the kid started shooting at the cop. And to their credit, Mm -hmm. the cop said, that's a kid in the back seat. Don't fire back. And they arrested the father. They talked the kid uh, out of it, took the gun, and... uh, there's an example of, uh, of somebody thought it through, had some character, had some courage, uh, did the right thing and spared the, uh, the kid's uh, life. Uh, there was a uh, conviction uh, with a Missouri uh, jury of uh, Stephen Cannon. Uh, he is um, a, uh, a charming uh, representative of the African-American community that uh, thought that he would be part of Black Lives Matter uh, rallies. And while he was there and looting, uh, because, well, that's the way that we demonstrate um, <laughs> that uh, we're really mad that we're killing ourselves uh, and, that, uh, and that we're pointing the finger at you. Uh, so the way that we show that we're morally uh, justified and superior is we go loot. And while he was yeah. looting, there was an off-duty cop that was uh, uh, responding to a, a buddy of his uh, burglar alarm that went off. And so this fine, upstanding protester and, and political activist decided that, that he would shoot and kill uh, the, uh, the police officer. Uh, and he was convicted, uh, thankfully. But I bet you didn't know that. No. No, we've, we've got January 6th hearings up the wazoo. Nobody was deliberately shot and killed. Well... There was one woman that was shot and killed, but she was shot and killed by the police. Was, by the police, yes. Yeah, she was shot and killed by the police. I think there were two or three cops that died, but none of them died as a result of somebody trying to kill them, shooting them. The only person that was shot to death was a innocent uh, 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 person who was shot and killed by the, uh, the police. And yet um, we hear of it. Uh, and we do not hear of, uh, of the Black Lives Matter looter. Uh, by the way, the only things that were looted from the Capitol, I think, were a Rothstrom, which was ultimately left there. 
uh, and a nameplate from uh, Pelosi's uh, office. Uh, not that she needed, you know, her nameplate, but that was about it. But what I would uh, like to say is that um, have you witnessed any of the, the uh, commotions and riots that are going on in Sri Lanka? No, not at all. Okay. All right. Well, if the 9-11, uh, not 9-11, if the January 6th committee <laughs> would like to know the definition of an insurrection, they, yes. they really ought to look at film at uh, Sri Lanka. That was an insurrection. That is, is the citizenry en masse deliberately going in to overthrow and oust their prime minister, whom, of course, they had voted for. Uh, they, therefore, they have no one to blame but themselves. Uh, and then um, make certain that he has to flee for his life uh, and then take over his, uh, uh, his residence. And then uh, march on the Capitol over and over again and demand new leadership. That is an insurrection. Now, what happened on January 6th was a political rally uh, gone bad where 95% of the people who did march on the Capitol, and they, they should have done that, but nonetheless, 95% of the people that were there, if you look at the video, are uh, overweight, uh, conservative, conspiratorial, they love Trump, flag-waving Americans who were there to take selfies, and that's what they were doing. That was no more an insurrection than uh, I am a rocket scientist. Now, we just need to, as a nation, get a grip on what is reasonable or no one's going to believe anybody. And the only currency government has is credibility. The only uh, currency the economy has is credibility. And when you lose it to these kinds of things, then you have absolutely nothing left. Now, speaking of losing all credibility, the uh, president of the United States, and it's finally come to the point where now major news um, uh, agencies are, uh, are using the term that I've been using now for the past uh, two years, really since well before the, uh, the election, that electing Biden will be like weekend at Bernie's. Uh, the, the man has lost it. He is, he is senile. He has dementia. Yes. Uh, the best they can do is, uh, is point him to sit there and, uh, and wave your arm now and then sit down. He cannot complete a sentence. It is absolutely pathetic that this nation would uh, prop up a man in, uh, in that condition uh, and pretend that he is actually the president of the United States. And to think that we cannot oust him because Kamala Harris has got to be the dumbest human being to, uh, to breathe air on this planet. Uh, and she doesn't have dementia, and yet she can't but no speak in word salads. It is just pathetic what we have done to ourselves. And if you think that our last election was between Donald Trump and Joe Biden with Kamala Harris as his running mate, you ought to just sit down and cry. It is yeah. you know, huh. shame on uh, us. Anyway, uh, the, the the Biden Meister was uh, uh, did the two things on his uh, his trip. Uh, all weekend at Bernie's, uh, went to uh, Israel 
and at uh, Israel after being pointed and said, stand there, do this, do that. He, uh, he proclaimed that the Palestinians deserve a state of their own, which is, uh, is contiguous uh, and, uh, and um, enduring. Well, a contiguous state of their own would therefore include Gaza. If there was a, an election, uh, an open election anywhere, and the uh, among the Palestinians, uh, the so-called Palestinians, there is no such thing, but the mystical mm-hmm. people masquerading around as Palestinians, uh, I call them Palestinians. They would vote for Hamas. Yes. And so what you're saying is Hamas deserves a state of its own. We gave Hamas a state of its own because the United States forced Israel out of Gaza. And what did that achieve? It created a living oh. hell. For the Palestinians yeah. living in Gaza, and uh, a hellish condition for Israel. And now what we want to do is double down on that stupidity. But that's the uh, two-state solution, which I like to call the final solution, because it is the intent to destroy Israel. But that's where we—that's uh, where we are, nonetheless. The uh, uh, the next thing that the uh, that Bernie did is he went to Saudi Arabia. He began his Saudi Arabia trip by taking credit for opening Saudi airspace to uh, Israeli aircraft. The second thing he did is take credit for uh, a, a joint defense alliance against uh, Iran. And the third thing he took credit for was uh, uh, moving Saudi Arabia to- closer towards recognition of Israel and the Abraham Accords. So he hadn't been in the air for 15 minutes out of Saudi Arabia before uh, the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia said in a news conference, I would like to clear up some things. Uh, One, we did not open our airspace to Israel. We simply opened our airspace, and it had nothing to do with uh, the president's trip. Second, we uh, did not ever discuss. There There was a single discussion on this notion of a defense alliance against Iran. And third, we did not discuss, and we are not planning to normalize relationships with Israel. So I don't know what happened, but I can tell you those things did not happen. Can you imagine being that out of it? Wow. But that is is our our current state of of governance in the uh, the United States. you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Abe, who was the longest-serving prime minister of uh, Japan, was um, uh, shot and killed uh, because the young man said that his mother had been duped by uh, uh, the Moonies uh, to give her entire uh, life savings. Uh, she went bankrupt because the, uh, the church took it all. And uh, he blamed Abe and his family for bringing the Moonies into Japan. It's a Korean uh, messianic organization. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, turns out he was right. I mean, he wasn't right to kill Abe, but no. his family, his father, brought the Moonies into Japan, uh, established their headquarters right next to his uh, apartment, encouraged them, and, uh, and uh, his son has done everything he can to encourage them and and to speak of how wonderful an organization they are. This is a nutcase that claims to be the Messiah, and that he has his own special interpretation of the Bible. 
He is, yeah, in fact, I, so think he, I think that the founding father of the Moonies uh, ended up uh, spending the latter years of his life as a guest of the United States on the federal pen for uh, money laundering, racketeering, uh-huh. bribery, those kinds of uh, things. He is clearly a stalwart. Uh, one last item in the news. There's been a big uproar over a, uh, a 10-year-old girl who was an alleged rape victim who was forced to flee Ohio and go to Indiana to get an abortion. And so the president, Weekend at Bernie's, comes out and says, well, I don't think it's fair to live in a country where a 10-year-old rape victim has to cross state lines just to get an abortion. Let's just pretend that there really was a 10-year-old that was raped and that she got pregnant. Uh, it's probably possible that there is a scumbag out there, disgusting and immoral enough to rape a woman. Well, certainly there's scumbags out there to rape women, but to rape a 10-year-old girl. That, that really goes to the bottom edge of scumminess. Uh, that being the case, let's just say that happened, uh, that there is somebody that's scummy. Why aren't we denouncing the pedophile? Why are, why are we denouncing the government for saying that, uh, that she can't have an abortion here? And, oh, by the way, they were wrong. She was, uh, she like, I don't know, I don't know what number of weeks she was pregnant, like six weeks, something like that. She was well within the, uh, the time frame to get an abortion in, uh, in Ohio, regardless of her age. So she absolutely could have gotten an abortion in uh, in Ohio, and certainly if she was pregnant, it's hard to believe a ten year old can get pregnant. But nonetheless, they said so that's what happened. Uh, then she was eligible for it. The president lied and didn't bother to condemn the one thing that actually mattered, which was not including her from getting an abortion in her home state, which she could have gotten, but that a uh, I think a twenty seven year old man would rape a 10-year-old girl. We really do have our uh, priorities and everything just upside down, do we not? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you one quick question about the yeah. Saudi Arabia trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's okay for him to go and beg for them to produce more oil because mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to have an effect on the environment and all the things that they hold sacred, yet yeah. the Americans can't do that. Why right. can't, and then at the same time say Americans can't pump any oil. Yeah, so we can't, he won't lease federal lands uh, to because uh, yeah. we have plenty of oil. The United States has no oh, yeah. shortage was, of oil. Uh, Anwar yes. alone would uh, would uh, eliminate uh, our uh, our concerns. But yeah. no, he doesn't want to do that because he's a progressive, and the uh, progressives don't like that kind of thing. Matter of fact, it's uh, since you mentioned uh, his issues, mm-hmm. which are he's in conflict. Well, his handlers are in conflict. I don't think. Uh, except which thumb he's going to suck uh, to uh, pacify himself. But um, the, his handlers are in conflict because uh, they are desperate for uh, um, environmental uh, um, legislation uh, that will, of course, exacerbate the problem they exacerbated when they came into office, shut down uh, all pipeline development, 
shut down all oil uh, leases uh, and then uh, started bad-mouthing the oil companies and denouncing them uh, and then imposing new environmental laws that made it more difficult. And so they made it, they essentially crippled America's uh, um, oil industry. And then on top of that, they uh, went off and declared war on Russia through, uh, through the Ukraine. And with their sanctions, they uh, uh, destroyed the, uh, the world's uh, energy market uh, and sent prices uh, soaring. Um, just a, a series of catastrophically stupid uh, actions. Now, the Sri Lanka thing that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. is, uh, is tied into all this. You see, Sri Lanka was one of the most prosperous Asian nations. It was a, a shining example of an Asian nation uh, without, a, uh, without a caste system, without communism, without uh, a significant amount of poverty that was somewhat self-sufficient. Uh, the Sri Lankans borrow a lot of money uh, from the IMF, but they were quasi-self-sufficient. They grew their own food, uh, and they had a decent economy, a decent middle class. So uh, the son of the, of the outgoing prime minister, he's a libertard. And there is a movement among libertards now to eliminate fertilizers. Uh, their, their fertilizer of choice to eliminate is nitrogen. And if you don't have nitrogen, uh, food doesn't grow. Nothing. it just doesn't grow. Uh, and so he forced the elimination of fertilizer in Sri Lanka because he was going to be, you know, the, the, the next stalwart for uh, climate change. Well, guess what? No food. No, they all starved. No, no, no food. So, so yeah. uh, the, uh, the farmers couldn't produce food, and so there's no do- domestic crop. And then they tried to, to import food, but their response to COVID, where they shut people down and spent money like drunken sailors, there were no uh, international currency reserves to buy food. So they had no money to buy food because of the libertard response to COVID and because of their uh, mismanagement of farming, they had no food that they were growing and the people were starving, which is why the insurrection. Yep. So this is what happens when you have numbskulls over government. It sounds funny to say we have weekend at at, uh, Bernie's, and we have the dumbest woman in the history of humankind as the vice president of the United States and Kamala Harris, uh, until you realize that these numbskulls are handicapping the country and it is uh, causing rampant inflation. We're headed towards recession. Uh, our currency is, uh, uh, is in free fall. We are in a mess. Yeah. You know, supply lines are destroyed. Work ethic is gone. Yeah, we're in a mess. So it's oh, uh, it a serious concern. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's return, uh, Kirk, where we were. Um, mm-hmm. It was. Okay. Uh, I want to backtrack just a little bit so we can keep uh, uh, our context. We were in Yashaya, uh, and what we're uh, doing here is uh, is going through Yahweh's frustration. So we have some idea as to why the timing of things are playing out the way they are. Um, 
uh, moving towards uh, Yahweh's return in year 6,000 Yah, uh, we have a lot of things that are, are stacking up right against his return. Um, you know, this project where I was uh, asked to do this on Teruah in 2021 uh, will be uh, uh, 32 years uh, from the time that <laughs> I was called to do it to the time that I'll get uh, retired. Happened to be the same amount mm-hmm. of time that uh, Yosef was uh, a vizier in, uh, in yeah. Egypt. Yeah, preparing for the, uh, the, the, the good her, times. Yeah. yeah, and for the times of the uh, the lean times. Uh, so mm-hmm. we've got a lot, you know, over a, a very long period of time because the history of, of humankind and God's interaction with us plays out over 6,000 years plus a seventh, uh, the celebration of Sukkah. Uh, and so over the 7,000 years, we have these really intense, concentrated moments. And we had a, you know, the intense, concentrated moment with the formation of the covenant with uh, Abraham, with uh, uh, the children of Israel uh, during the uh, Yatza Exodus uh, coming into the promised land, uh, their uh, time with, uh, with Dode as they transition from Shamuel to uh to King Saul, uh, to to Dode, and then to Solomon—a very intense period where where many wonderful things and many terrible things occurred, followed by uh, a, a precipitous fall uh, for Israel, and then that would would be followed by uh, just this prolonged tumbling into the abyss where they got further and further from God and God drew further and further away from them and there was no communication. And, and God essentially says for better part of 2,700 years, uh, there was almost no one. If you go for 2,400 to 2,500 years after Malachi, there was no one. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a single person that Yahweh could find that was willing to listen to him and if you're not willing to listen to him, then you can't speak for him. So kind of this interesting dichotomy here, but you can't speak for him unless you're willing to listen to him. And if you don't listen to him, you ought not even pretend to be uh, speaking for him. So there would be no, not a single Yisraelite, not a single Yehudim for 2,450 to 2,500 years bringing us to the precipice of uh, the time of Jacob's troubles. And so Yermaya um, is one of five or six prophets that's, that invests an enormous amount of his time trying to tell us what to expect as we approach Yahweh's return. One of the topics that he particularly likes to cover is um, the fact that there will be a witness again. Uh, not going to be another prophet. Not going to be a Yisraelite. Not going to be a, somebody that is from uh, the tribe of Yahud. Uh, there's going to be a witness that is uh, is going to pick up Yahweh's message and proclaim it to his people uh, prior to his return. And for Yahshua, this is actually a big deal. Um, you know, when we think about future prophecy. We, we want to think about 
the Magog War. We want to think about Armageddon. And by the way, the Armageddon may be the Magog War because it's the Magog War is the one that's fought in the Valley of, of Megiddo. Um, yeah, Megiddo, yeah. And actually, it's actually in the Jezreel Valley. Megiddo is part of the Jezreel Valley. Um, but uh, uh, we want to think about uh, all of the the you know, pandemics and uh, and uh, one world governance and uh, the uh, treaty that forces Israel to uh, mm-hmm. shrink in size, the onslaught of uh, of Muslims into the country, these various wars and and how uh, the sun and moon are going to darken with with atomic uh, <laughs> conflagration. And yeah. Don't think about those yeah. are the you know the, those are the big Nuclear events. Winter, those things. Those are the kind of stuff you could sell tickets to a movie. You know, you could you could oh, you yeah. could make a movie big, called big Armageddon, sales. couldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah, you could. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, that's book sales. That's the late great planet Earth. You know, uh, Hal Lindsey's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember Hal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was the Left Behind series? Those uh, those guys made oh, a fortune. Oh Yes, uh, telling people lies. Uh, the bottom line is that's not the thing that's actually the most interesting to uh, Yashaya. The thing no. that's most interesting to Yashaya is, okay, here I've been telling my people their religion is separating them from Yahweh. And so long as they're religious, Yahweh's not going to speak with them, he's not going to interact with them. But in the end, Yahweh is going to return. He's going to return with Dod. And uh, when he does, uh, you're going to have to have separated yourself from religion and politics and accepted the terms and conditions of the covenant uh, to be among those whom uh, he, yeah, who he wraps his yeah. arms around of uh, uh, upon his return, uh, as opposed to dying. And uh, Yashaya's view is that, therefore, the role that is played by this non-Israelite messenger is important. And he wants his people to recognize that he will exist, and that he will be uh, empowered and enlightened by the spirit of Yahweh, that, that collectively they're going to write a, uh, a nesh, which is a sign that's going to be lifted up in the last days, and that this fellow is, uh, is um, a stem, a choder, a sucker, if you will, that's growing out of the old rootstock uh, that uh, is rooted and grounded in Israel, but that is particularly aligned with uh, what we know about Dote. Um So this is important to him. And I think because of the way that not a single Israelite responded to Yashayat during his life, uh, and then he was able to see that none responded thereafter, uh, mm-hmm. that he is somehow tickled, pleased, that uh, Yahweh would uh, uh, use a goy to get his people's attention. It's kind of like, all right, serves you right. Serves you right. That's, that's really a pretty cool move. So, uh, so you're, you're, we're going to hear a lot about this. This is, uh, this is um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a big issue with uh, the prophet uh, Yashaya. So this goes on, and, and, and to be at all fairness, too, to Yashaya, Yashaya doesn't say a lot. Most of what is in Yashaya is Yahweh speaking, so he's simply recording what Yashaya says. But, you know, with every prophet, you get a little flavor of their personality uh, coming through. Yes. So 
the uh, here's the question that is being asked in uh, Yeshaya 41:26. Who has been informative, conspicuously reporting from the source, that we may choose to know, to yada, and without mm-hmm. turning away, so that we might say, this is right, Sadak. Indeed, it has been disheartening that. There was no one who made this informative declaration. It has also been discouraging that there was no one who would even listen. It has been aggravating that there were none willing to hear your words. Now, this is actually in Yashaya's voice. He is now assessing the situation that he has witnessed. And for anyone that would say, how dare you claim that this prophecy is about you, I I would turn it around and say, how dare you refuse to listen to Yahweh? How dare you? How dare you refuse to be among those who refuse to listen? He told you to listen to this this, uh, witness. Yes. How dare you? Be, well, for, even forget the, this witness. Yasha is saying there was no one willing to listen. There was no one willing to uh, to share the message conspicuously. That's your fault. If you're a Israelite, it is your fault. God couldn't find a single one, which means it's every one of your fault. It's not just the leadership. It's not just the rabbis. He was taking anyone that tried, stood up. Heck, he worked with uh, with Yermiah when he was a kid. He worked yeah. with Dode when he was a kid. Yeah. You know, and he worked with Moshe when he was an old man. Point taken. So, so you don't have an excuse. He worked no. with uh, Deborah. Don't have an excuse if you're a woman. She... She was extraordinary. So I would say, rather than say, how dare you, I would say, what's wrong with you? How Why dare you? you? Need to listen? Yeah, what's yeah. wrong? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So who has been informative, conspicuous reporting from the source that we may choose to know and without turning away so that we might say this is right? Well, you know, I would tell you, that if there is uh, something out there in addition to Yada Yahweh doing this that declares Yahweh's name correctly, uh, vociferously, mm-hmm. often, uh, that declares the purpose of each of the seven Moed Mikre, that declares the timing of, uh, of Yahweh's uh, fulfillment of those Moed Mikre, that speaks of the five terms and conditions of the covenant and its benefits, that explains that the purpose of the Torah is to teach and to guide, uh, and that can interpret the prophets correctly and will speak boldly of, about the realization that God's single greatest frustration with his people is their propensity to be religious. religious. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you can find um, another source like that, then I say, wonderful. I wish there was. I wish there were hundreds. I wish there were thousands. 
At this time, there are not. But at least there is this one. Indeed, it is disheartening that no one made an informative declaration, that it has been discouraging, that there was no one who would even listen. It has been aggravating that there were none willing to hear your words. 4127 uh, says, uh, initially for Zion, there was a lack of awareness. So on behalf of Jerusalem, I wanted to offer a herald, an ordinary person, to proclaim the news. So, as we make our way through this, uh, we, we hear that in Zion there was a lack of awareness. Now, of any place there should not be a lack of awareness is Zion. <laughs> Zion yeah. means signs posted along the way. Along the way. Those signs yeah. are posted on the ridgeline of Moriah, Moriah, between Dode's home and Yahweh's. They could not be more conspicuous. They could not be more important. Initially, for Zion, there was a lack of awareness. So, on behalf of all Jerusalem, the source from which guidance and teaching regarding reconciliation flows, I wanted to offer Nathan. I constantly sought to provide a herald, a basar, an ordinary person to proclaim the news, a mortal being who will convey information which is remarkably positive. Yashaya 41.27. Bashar is such a marvelous term because it is um, uh, so very Yah. Uh, Bashar can be translated in one of two ways. Its primary meaning is to speak out, to convey a, a message, to be a witness. Mm-hmm. That's the primary meaning of Bashar. The secondary meaning is flesh, animal, mortal, person, body, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, physical, um, physical yes. mortal person. So here you've got, whether this is in Yahweh's words or still in uh, Yahshua's words, it's Yahshua is being inspired by Yahweh, so it's, there's not much uh, of a difference other than I, I actually prefer it in uh, Yahshua's voice because um, it's more fitting with Basar and more fitting with Yahweh. Yahweh does not like to work alone. Yahweh would prefer to communicate through the likes of Yahshua than he would uh, bellow out his message directly to his people. He would prefer to work with a Basar, an ordinary mortal who was, uh, could be used to convey a message. That's what he likes. And you could say, well, you know, why do I want to listen to a person? Because that's the way God works. If you don't want to listen to a person, you ain't going to hear from God. That's how he chooses to work. He tried the, I'm going to speak to them directly mode. And they scared him to death. Oh, God, they hated it. They Go just away. hated it. Get Go it. Don't away. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so... God actually realized, he, God didn't just say, you know, well, I'm, I'm a little ticked that you don't want to ha- listen to me talk. God didn't say that at all. God's comment 
to his people was, you know, you're right. I shouldn't be talking to you directly. It's much better that I speak through somebody. And the reason for that is when God speaks directly uh, to a group of people, it's intimidating. I, I don't care how much you love him, how much, how well you know him. He's God. That's a big daggone voice up there. Deep voice. Okay. Yes. And, you know, he can see right into you. He knows what you're thinking. You know, that's vulnerable, man. Okay. And so that's not God's style. He doesn't want to overwhelm us. He doesn't want us to be, he doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to bow down. He doesn't want us to do any of that kind of stuff. He wants us just to listen to him. And so since the entire purpose of creation was to uh, enjoy a family relationship where he could do things with his children, because that's what he enjoys, then the best way for him to operate is to do stuff with his children and to communicate his message through them. But there's also a benefit. And uh, being a bizarre here, I'm telling you that I am actually a benefit to you, even though you might think that wouldn't it be better if you just got it directly from, from God. I don't blame you for having that point of view, but there is actually a benefit. And I've come to appreciate this the more I listen to what uh, Dode and um, uh, Moshe had to say in particular. But, but also when I listen to my buddy here, uh, Yashaya, and that is they add a human flavor. Uh, they make it real. They say it in such a way that I, I, it resonates with me. Um, you know, God is not a human. And so it, it's kind of like God saying, all right, what I want to do is communicate, or like us saying, I want to communicate to an ant. Uh, but how do I know really what the ant wants? And how am I going to communicate so that the other ants will be interested and listen? Well, the best way would be to find a really uh, um, willing ant and to have that ant convey the message based upon... Yeah, go uh, tell them. Uh, yeah, go, go tell them. Uh, as one of them, go tell them. Uh, and, and, and tell that story in a way that will resonate with them. Uh, Moshe was spectacular. Dode was spectacular. Lived his life to the fullest. Inspired, brilliant, articulate, courageous. And so God got to say, this is what my guidance and my teaching will do for an individual. You can be this individual. And not only am I showing you what it's like to work with me, to be inspired by me, to be emboldened by me, uh, to be empowered by me, I'm also communicating to you in a way uh, that you're more likely to understand. Uh, part of this, too, is I've always said, you know, I'm, I'm not here to dumb it down. People say, yeah, create a short version of it. And can you just dumb the whole thing down for us so we can get this? And I'll say, no, I won't no. do that. But, but the fact is, I am doing that. Well, my, that is my job, <laughs> is to dumb it down. God is so okay. much smarter than I am, than we are, so much smarter that one of the reasons he communicates to people is so we can dumb it down a bit. So consider me your, your dumber. Uh, but, but that's okay. part of it. 
You know, uh, I've been studying uh, a lot of uh, what Moshe did, and Moshe had some meltdowns uh, later in his life. Dode had a lot of meltdowns later in his life. Uh, and those meltdowns are really instructive. Uh, a great one here is that uh, we, we've all heard of the story, and a lot of people have struggled with the story of, of the uh, of uh, the serpents, you know, the serpents were biting the people. They don't know why that God would have that happen, and and then uh, how the uh, the cure was. Uh, Moshe was supposed to make a uh, uh, allegedly this uh, flaming serpent and and set it on a uh, on a stick. Well, there's some problems with that story. One is there's two words for serpent, and w- one of them is snake. And the, uh, the other one of them uh, uh, speaks of burning. And so hmm. when you have a venomous snake that is killing people with its bite, the thing that is burning is the venom. And so what Yahweh asked Moshe to do was to put the venom not on a stick, but on a sign. What is the antidote now for snake bite? The snake's venom. That is what, that's what we use. That's how we build the an, uh, mm-hmm. antidote. And so he's saying if, if you understand that, that this is the antidote for that bite and you look at this symbol, then you're, you're, you're facing problem. You're not running away from it anymore. Uh, you have a chance to understand it, and it won't kill you. Uh, but Moshe, unfortunately, uh, uh, put the, uh, a model of the snake on a pole as opposed to following Yahweh's instructions to put the, the venom on a sign. Uh, it's just like striking the rock versus speaking to the rock. It was a very mm-hmm. big difference from Yahweh's point of view. Now, Yahweh didn't condemn him, and uh, just like when he struck the rock, he still quenched the people's thirst, and he went... When he had the, took the wrong imagery, he still uh, I, uh, cured the uh, the people. But Moshe, towards the end of it, wore out. Um, it was part of this thing that Kirk, you and I have been talking about in, in this program yeah. that uh, because this is obviously talking about what we're doing here, and mm-hmm. therefore you cannot claim anonymity when you're the only person that qualifies for the prophecy. And what I told you... You can can even translate it that way. Yeah. (laughs) Can you just figure it out from the translation? Right. As much as you would like to say, it was a lot more fun and relaxing being anonymous, because anonymous, at the end of the day, if I translated one statement and, and wrote something cogent about it, I had a good day. But... Now there, there is a time certain that I need to be completed. And to mm-hmm. begin to circulate this information um, and to uh, have a body of work that Yahweh can be pleased with to awaken his people, there's a time certain. And therefore, there's a pace that has to be adhered to. And therefore, you've got to get started shortly after sunrise and you've got to go uh, to after sunset. And you got to do that each day because now there's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give the impression that, that this is a burden because it is the best job in the world. And, and if I could go back to the anonymous, I would still be doing it 
because it is the best job in the uh, and the world's the most rewarding job in the world. And no one was listening and no one benefited other than myself and my buddy Kirk here and, and my yeah. uh, wife and a few friends. I'd still do it uh, enthusiastically. But I want to tell you, there is a tremendous difference in one's mindset when there is a responsibility. We received a, a letter from a listener down under who's read all 22 of the rewritten uh, books. Uh, I mean, they average 600 pages, and, and they're dense reads, so that's a that's lot. A lot. Of, a lot of reading. And, uh, and he was disappointed in me, saddened for me, to say that, that but one of my motivations is that I don't want to disappoint to dad. And it is. Uh, I, I make no bones about it. I, um, I am motivated both by carrot and stick. The carrot is this is the most fun thing in the world. Each day I get a chance to see things that no one has seen in thousands of years and to write about them. And then uh, and the week uh, end, I get to share them. Uh, and growing and enjoying it and seeing the satisfaction among my family and uh, and the covenant and with Yahweh is exceedingly rewarding. That's the carrot. The stick is we don't get a makeover here. So well, this is we did get a makeover. This is our final one. We're running out of time. Yes. Um, there uh, is is you know, now eleven years left, and three of those years are going to be very hellish. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be in a very different role. Well, same role, but different method. Different and so, yeah, yeah, for the, for the most part now, I don't have 11 years. I've got eight years. It's a lot, a lot to do in eight years. There's still considerably more to write and to share. Uh, and so there is a responsibility to get it done. And there's the sense of, you know, I've got all eternity to rest, all eternity to vacation, uh, so long as I have uh, my uh, my health and and we don't have uh, natural calamity uh, here and I'm able to uh, to focus, uh, God, I don't want to disappoint Dad. Uh, I I don't want the harvest to occur and there just be a handful of people there and and God's disappointed that uh, it should have been more because we should have done better. Um, so. It is even here as we talk about the Bashar. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Bashar is is uplifting, God's saying, "I want a messenger." Yeah, he proclaimed that message, and I want that messenger to be a man. Yeah. Uh, he's a humble man sharing powerful message. It's this. Um, combination of pride and humility it's tied up right there in that word and there is it's there's an enormous amount of pride and humility in what we're doing you there is a complete dependence and yet complete independence hard to to imagine those two things but with Yahweh we have total liberty Mm -hmm. and yet the more dependent we are the more effective we are yeah. Uh, so sounds uh, like hypothesis, but it's really not. It's, it it's, really uh, isn't. No. Yeah, no, it, it helps and yes. lets you grow. Right. He's helping so, you grow. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Initially, for Zion, there was a lack of awareness. So on, and this is initially was Rashon. So uh, in the beginning, for a long time thereafter, 
for Zion, there was a lack of awareness. So on behalf of Jerusalem, the apple of Yah's eyes, I wanted to offer. Nathan, I sought to mm-hmm. provide. Uh, consider this Yahweh's gift. Yes. A herald, an ordinary person to proclaim the news of Bazaar. Now, as I shared, it's always Yah's preference to work through his people. But sometimes, through no fault of his own, his desires are thwarted. And this time, rather than an abbey, a prophet, he would offer a bazaar, herald. An ordinary fellow tasked with an extraordinary mission of being a witness. Now, I know that my buddy, maybe it's not polite to call Yashia the you know, the greatest of, uh, of prophets, uh, my buddy, but I really, I, I like think the guy. It's a bar, I, I think feel, it's a I feel, an, yeah, I feel an affinity to him. You can read him. it. I, I you li- can read it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like the guy. I think that Yasha yeah, is not the only person likes the idea that after everything Yahweh had to endure with Yisrael and what he, the fact that he's still willing to reconcile his relationship with Yisrael, that it's really appropriate that they be called back home by a goy. I actually think that when Yahweh has to deal with the disappointment of his people not responding to him, that this was a choice that he made. And I don't think he's the least bit, I think he's very disappointed with his people, but he's not disappointed in the choice. Not that the choice was a, a quality individual, uh, so much as that just the whole idea of approaching his arrogant, stubborn, religious Whiny. with yeah. a, with a goy is is pretty delicious. But when I looked, there was not a single individual. I think this is still Yashia's voice, by the way. Not one among mm-hmm. them who could provide thoughtful guidance even respond by speaking when I asked them. Boy. That's Boy, sad, that's isn't tough. it? I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's really millions that's and really millions bad. and millions of Yisraelites and uh, Yehudim, mm-hmm. and not one. The chosen people chose to be disassociated from God. And they did so over a protracted period of time, some 2,500 years. And since Yah isn't about to force anyone to listen to him, much less speak for him, there would be a resounding silence between God and humankind over the millennia. Now, those who were afforded every advantage they should actually be embarrassed. It should hurt to read these words, to hear these words. And trying to whisk it all away by disparaging the speaker and saying that, you know, the way that you're speaking of Judaism is anti-Semitic, it's just not going to work. He is Hashem, the name. And the one who created and named Shem So here's Yashaya Isaiah uh, 41:29 mm-hmm. uh, Behold 
they are all delusional. Their customs, their occupations, their achievements, their works, their ambitions, their practices are all nothing but that of ruinous and destructive spirits of false gods. That is God's view of Judaism and the religions Judaism spawned. Judaism is responsible for spawning Christianity and Islam. And an argument could be made also for communism, socialist, secular humanism. And God said they're all delusional. They're all deceitful. Their customs, their occupations, their achievements are nothing but that of the ruinous and destructive spirit of their false gods. Uh, Judaism is credited for being a, a monotheistic religion. And some will say, well, the first monotheistic religion. That's eh, not really true. There's, uh, there's really no distinction between worshiping one false god and many false gods. You know, there were times in, in, uh, in Egypt. Yeah, Amun-Ra. Yeah, he was uh, supposed to be a, a, a singular uh, deity. Um, mm-hmm. th- there were times in cultures where there was a singular god. Of course, Christianity went back to a uh, triune god. That was pretty clever of them. Uh, in Islam, uh, uh, Allah has uh, is started off as the Lord, and then our Rahman, and then our um, Rahim, and then uh, uh, Allah. So, and then by the time you get to the Satanic verses, they're Manat, Aluza, and Alat. But the fact of the matter is that uh, that while in Judaism today they would say we, you know we're 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 not pagan, we we have a singular God. Yeah, in fact, a singular dash in the middle of his non-name. Trust me, that's not impressed that that you're worshiping a singular false god versus many false gods. Yeah. Really, listen, when the the prophets of Baal were, uh, were killed, it wasn't because, well, they were also the prophets of Asherah, because Asherah had her own prophets. These were the prophets of Baal. That was their god. So they had a god. Uh, having one god didn't prevail. It was the wrong god. Didn't help. Yep. No. So one of the things that we find is not only is it true in Yashaya, but it's true in Hosha, it's true in Zachariah, it's true in the Torah, is that God's number one problem with his people is their propensity to be religious. And in this particular case, the reason no one was listening to him, the reason that that he viewed his people as delusional and deceitful, the reason that uh-huh. he was opposed to their occupations and achievements is because they were opining the beliefs associated with false gods. And there's Ruach is also here. Uh, there is there is spiritual Judaism, uh, and rabbinic Judaism has embraced the Zohar, uh, the Mount Marion uh, uh, calamity, where oh, what, some what, fifty sixty people were trampled to death, was because several hundred thousand uh, Haredim 
flocked to the grave site of Yochi, the uh, the alleged author of the Zohar. Now he didn't write the Zohar any more than than Akiba did. He uh, uh, was written in Spain in the 11th century. But nonetheless, uh, in the mythical world of make believe, he is credited, and so they go to his tomb on the uh, day of his death uh, every uh, year and celebrate this Zohar, which is is uh, Jewish spirituality. And I'm going to tell you, God does not like spirituality because spirituality is almost always focused on the wrong spirit. In fact, I would say it's always focused yeah. on the, uh, the wrong spirit. Agreed. So let's, let's make no mistake. God is disparaging Judaism. He views the religion of the rabbis as ruinous and destructive. Worse, Yahweh is revealing... God Jews claim to worship uh, is modeled after a demonic spirit. Therefore, rather than announce the arrival of the Passover lamb, the prelude to the prophecy is explaining the reason Yahweh selected a Bashar. Now, the reason I just made that statement is that we're in this to understand what follows? This is a prophecy that's going to get us into Yahshua 42 that is a misappropriated prophecy wrongly attributed mm-hmm. to the Christian Jesus. And uh, by going into 41 and seeing what God said, you see the preamble of this is, yeah, I was saying, my people are so lost, I couldn't find a single one of them to listen to me and to convey my message. So I had to choose a, uh, um, a Bashar. Uh, named Yada. And so that is where we are uh, here. Um, Mm -hmm. His people were unwilling to listen to him. So taken out of context, the prophecy which follows is often claimed on behalf of uh, of, of Jesus when um, it is like so many others. It speaks about Yahweh's enduring relationship with his beloved son, the Messiah, Dode. As we will soon discover, though David is Yahweh's chosen one. Yahweh's spirit came upon him the day he was anointed as the Masiach and has remained throughout his life. Therefore, it is Dod who will be returning with Yah to judge the nations. So, Kirk, uh, unless you've got something you want to uh, explain based on the words we've read, we're about ready to jump into Yahshua 42, which was our destination. No, no, we're good. This is good. Carry on, please. So. Okay. So 42.1 reads, pay close attention, Ken, because uh-huh. my associate, whom I uphold, whom I have chosen, my soul delights in him. I have placed my spirit upon him. He will come forth judge those of different ethnicities and cultures. La ha goyim. Okay. So, are we aware of anyone whom Yahweh called, referred to as a Bashir? I have chosen him. I have chosen him. He anointed him. He's Dode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yahweh says, Dode is my chosen I, one. I picked he him. He says that yeah, he they picked, is... Yeah, they picked uh, Saul. Yeah. He picked him. 
Yeah, he says, you know, uh, this is the one that I have chosen. Uh, my soul uh, delights in him. Uh, Yahweh has told us that uh, he is the one that he is going to uphold. He has in the ninth chapter where, you know, it reads uh, a, a, a child is born, a son is given. The son who is given mm-hmm. is Dod. He is mm-hmm. God's gift to, uh, to humankind. And he will come forth to judge Misfat, the Goyim. So uh, well, that would mean that Christianity. for darn yeah. sure that he is not coming on behalf of a Christian church. And it isn't Jesus. No. Don't pretend for a moment that we want to take this to, to uh, the Christian interpretation, where the Christian would rob this prophecy uh, from Dode replacement theology and give it to uh, their uh, their Jesus. How would it be possible for God to have chosen Jesus if he is Jesus? How could God uphold Jesus if he is Jesus? How could Yahweh's soul delight in him if Yahweh's soul was in him. It's a little odd, don't you think? How could Yahweh place his spirit in him and upon him if he was him? How could he come back with himself? Yeah. I mean, come on, folks. He's talking about somebody. Pay close attention, he says. He even starts at play close attention because my associate... Would would you refer to, okay, I have a right arm and a left arm. I'm going to say that my right arm is my my associate. <laughs> That's my coworker, man. Okay. So if Jesus okay. is supposed to be God, how in the heck can he be a coworker? You got the one a big person leap. that Yahweh says all the time, he is my servant. He is my coworker. Mm-hmm. Dode, Ebed. Yes. So my co-worker, Dode, whom I uphold, Dode, whom I have, Bashar, chosen, Dode, whom my soul enjoys and delights in him, Dode. Mm -hmm. I have placed my spirit upon him. First thing Yahweh says, anoint him and my spirit's coming on him and never going to leave him. Never going to leave him. Yeah. And he will go forth and be brought back. To judge. Wow. Of now there's a clue. Cultures. <laughs> yeah. There's a clue. <laughs> pay, well, you say so you have to go back yeah. to the start. It says pay, uh, pay close attention. attention. Yeah. Now, the, the coolest thing about this job, uh, Kirk, is that I don't yes. think anyone has derived that all of these profound insights out of that prophecy no. in a couple of thousand years. Uh, and they're there. I'm, I'm, they're bold. They're fun. They're exciting. They're enlightening, they're uplifting, they're reassuring. There are all these wonderful things, and nobody has uh, derived that. Why? Because the rabbis are blind to this. That's the last thing that they want is for Dode to come back because it screws up the whole thing about, uh, you know, that's uh, this unknown uh, uh, Messiah. If it's Dode, well, they should have known that. And of course, they don't like the fact that Yahweh would delight in him and not them. Yeah, 
And yeah, yeah. for Christians, they can't deal with this at all because they That's really need this to be their guy. But when you go through it, it can't be their guy. No, it can't no. Be. Yeah. no. So most have been led to believe that God will judge the nations. But God said otherwise. According to Yahweh, his chosen one, the one he has accepted and upheld, the one who pleases him, the one whose company he enjoys, the one who has received his spirit, is the one that's going to return to judge the Gentiles. There's only one such individual, one individual who meets all of these criteria, it's Dode David. So even mm-hmm. in judgment, God's not going to work alone. Yeah. It is, by the way, you know, Dode's the coolest cat who ever lived. Uh, you know, it's, he is just the coolest, coolest, most interesting man in the history of the world. Uh, yeah. And I love studying Dode. Uh, and some people say, well, you got a bromance with him. No, I want to tell you something. The last person I'd want to be is Dode. Talk about responsibility. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I am so glad. Let, let on his shoulder. Dode comes back and say, man, they're yours. <laughs> I'm going to go take a vacation. They are. I read the story. I read the script. I know your role. <laughs> they're yours. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, by the way, there's a lot of really wonderful people here. And some of, I'm going to take some of the best ones. Hope you don't mind. We're going to go play for a while. But it's his job, man. Yeah. You know, there's a reason Toad wore it down at the end of his life. That's a tough, darn job. That's tough, yeah. Yeah. He will not scream or shout. Okay, well, he'd be different than me because I do like to scream and shout. <laughs> nor, will, <laughs> nor will he raise his voice <laughs> such that it is heard in the open or broad way. Uh, you know, um, I actually think that uh, Dode was an introvert. Uh, You know, uh, my uh, Meyer Briggs uh, wife, uh, who loves to give all labels, is probably going to say, no, no, you're crazy. But um, maybe he's my kind of introvert, which is that um, I, I like people. I like to be around people. I like to be around small groups of interesting people and yeah. not out there. I, the last thing I want to do is be out in a whole group of people on the Broadway. That is not my thing. Yeah. Uh, I agree with I, that. I find, it, I find it really draining. And I think Dode found it draining. I, I, I know Yosha found it draining. Everything we read about him. Oh, my God. Can we get out of this crowd? Let's go and yeah, let's go. get away walk, from these people. Have to walk across the water. Yeah, I'll do anything to get away from these people. But I will uh, go out of my way to be with people I want to want to hang with. That's kind of my thing. So yeah. it's a selected, a yeah. selective uh, introvert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Yeah, too many people. It's no more longer fun anymore. A small, intimate group. It is. Uh, 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 yeah, interesting people. So I uh, I don't think that uh, Dode will want to be heard in the uh, broad uh, and open way. I don't think he shot at all. I don't think he needs to um, at uh, at that point. And uh, likewise, the last thing you want to do is be uh, is be communicating to people in the in the broad and open way. Uh, 
yesterday, uh, Ilya was working on a uh, on an animation of the menorah that was going to point to the each of the micron was going to be animated and go to the various parts of the of these books that talk about these things. And she had found an animator, and the mm-hmm. guy had agreed to do this. And he went to the site, and and, uh, and he uh, wrote you know this long dissertation on. Uh, I'm a Christian. I couldn't do this. I, Seventh Day Adventist. My my faith, my faith uh, is is in Jesus, the Jewish carpenter. And it went on and on and on. And and, uh, and you know, Leah of course got frustrated. She wanted to you know just slap him with the back of the hand with you know what in the world is wrong with you, idiot? Uh, and uh, uh, you know, how could you go to the book, for example, Messiah, which speaks of doubt? And, and not be inspired by it. Uh, or not go to one of the books on, on questioning Paul and not recognize that Paul Natural really was a, 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 a scallywag. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I told her is, don't, don't, leave him alone. Just walk away. It does no good to speak openly in the broad and open way. The broad and open way is the religious way. It's the political way. It's the way of most people. And you don't want to waste your breath. All you're going to do is make them angry, and you have no chance of helping them. Nothing you can say, even if you're citing God, is going to make a difference. No. It took me a long time so, to get there. I mean, when yes. in the early years, I just, I just couldn't understand. Well, don't you understand? And they go, yeah. I got Jesus. Leave me alone. No. Well, it's like this fellow that, uh, that had read the 22 books that wrote from uh, Down Under. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, if you really love the covenant, love Yahweh, love his testimony, his Torah and prophets, you're going to immerse yourself in it and you're going to read it and it's fun to read and you can't wait to the next page and what, what you're going to learn next. It's, yeah. a marvelous, it's a marvelous journey. And so you know, here's a, a guy that is celebrating it because, well, he wants to know more about God. Uh, and then, but the other fellow, you could have said anything. You know, this is what God says. You know, he calls Paul the plague of death. Why are you listening to him? Uh, that would mean nothing with somebody in the, in the open and broad way. So Dode's not going to be out there soliciting Gentiles. He ain't going to be preaching to the church. He no. will not be inviting them to join him or summoning them to his God. The time for that is long over. He will be condemning the church, which has sought to replace him and his people. We know this to be the case because Christianity is the broad and open way. The faithful haven't listened to Yahweh or his son, and that isn't going to change. Those who have nothing to contribute shout. Eh, like the progressive protesters who chant slogans in the street, while those who know better share what they have learned in a voice whose amplitude resonates with those willing to listen. Now, I even think that, I was kidding about uh, that I uh, shout sometimes. Even in shouting, you have to be really careful. You have to modulate what you're saying because if everything is a shout, you will you just scare people anybody. away. Right. Yeah. If you're going to, first of all, Yahweh's preference overwhelmingly is written communication. 
we are sharing mm-hmm. what we have written. So there is a written record of everything that you are listening to here, and you're encouraged to read it because by reading it, you're going to learn a lot more. You can verify it. You can dig in deep. You can, yeah, oh, you can get the high-level view and then dive deep for the, uh, the details. It vastly superior written uh, word. But if you're going to reach out to people in today's world, you do need a spoken component. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you have that spoken component, you do have to be a little careful because if your tone is always low and monotone, you're not encouraging anybody to listen to you at all. And if you're shouting all the time, you're just going to drive people away. I said, what's with that man? It's a maniac. It does require um, a point of emphasis. You need to know when to raise your voice, when to speak swiftly, when to speak slowly, when to pause, uh, and when to be quiet. And Dode will be a master of those things. He's one of the greatest linguists uh, in the history of the world. Now, those who know what Yahweh has uh, conveyed share what uh, they have learned in a voice whose amplitude will consistently resonate with those who are willing to listen. So in this next statement, the Mm -hmm. um, harassed stem, which has been extended, may be a reference to the beleaguered choder (laughs) described previously. The Mm -hmm. previous prophecy in Yahshua seemed to suggest that he may be among the witnesses who will be badgered by the uh, world, which is at this point completely spun out of control. The mistreated stem, which has been extended, the Kane Ratzatz, the harassed branch and ill-treated shoot, which has been brought forth will never cease to be harmed or suffer. He's not going to be touched, much less broken or destroyed, because no one will make physical contact. His confidence and courage will not falter. I, uh, when I wrote this, uh, it was really a thoughtful mm-hmm. letter, so I'm, I'm sorry I keep on bringing it up, but uh, it, it just touched so many uh, uh, chords that I thought would be interesting for other people to know what it's, because, again, Yahweh chooses to work through people. Whether you like those people or not, whether you, you see nothing but their flaws or you see nothing but their strengths or somewhere in between, that's just God's style. And as we saw when we started this prophecy tonight, God mm-hmm. wants his people to intervene into the story, to put themselves into the story so we can see it from their perspective so that we have this this means of, of it playing out at a level that we can understand, that we can relate to. Uh, and so it is important, since he said, I want this Basar to do this, and I'm going to tell you about the role that he's going to play, that you get a little flavor of what it's like to be in that role. And one of the things that I, I shared uh, pertains to this. Um, there are four Zoroa, and three of the four had responsibility that is 
so vastly greater than anything I can possibly imagine. Moshe Dode yeah. and uh, Yosha. Uh, and when I talk about, you know, I began to say, now I sense the responsibility. I want to report, I don't want to disappoint my father, and I want him to be pleased with the number of, and the quality, mostly the quality, of Yehudim and Israelites who uh, are reconciled uh, with him upon his return. Uh, in all honesty, I've, the responsibility that I, I have is minuscule, minuscule compared to that, absolutely minuscule. I sit here on a tropical island in the middle of the Caribbean with this panoramic view of the ocean and a marvelous office uh, surrounded uh, by nothing but love. Uh, and with all the you know, wonderful technology to support this effort, uh, and a beautiful home with a wonderful wife, and I, you know, you, I just have this marvelous life and this perfect environment. I mean, God could not have created a better. I guess He could, but. Uh, it, it, trust me, the environment that he created for me to do this is really, really good. Uh, and so yeah, that's part of what's being conveyed here. Uh, you take on this role, you're going to be like every one of, of Yah's uh, witnesses. You are going to be mistreated. People are going to say really crappy things. But I've had 10,000 death threats. You know, a lot of people have said a lot of crappy things over the years. <laughs> Some of which I may have deserved, I don't know. But nonetheless, that that's goes with the territory. Uh, and if it bugs you, you ought not uh, sit in, in the seat because you're going to get a lot of it. Uh, and it, it, part of it gets to be the point where you say, I don't really care what you say because I know who I'm working for. And, and so we're going to go full speed ahead. Uh, but in, uh, in doing this, I recognize that no one has ever spoken out under their own name as openly as I did in Prophet of Doom and survived it. And I never had to duck. No, it, no I, it's, it's a remarkable thing. It's just Honestly, remarkable. Kind of, yeah, it, it's just, just go, astounding. Happen. Happen, or to, uh, to undermine the establishment the way that we have for so many years politically, to undermine the religion of Christianity in addition to Islam, in addition to Judaism, as we have done, um, and to sit here free and live to do it again, yeah, and, Great. and have the opportunity to do it again. It is a living testament of the uh, veracity of this, and of course, the veracity of this was underpinned that very first day back in 2001 with the 91st Mismore, which uh, uh, yeah, it was very right. clear that uh, if <clears throat> you are willing to accept. Uh, a job that he wants accomplished, then he is going to make certain that you're protected. He's not going to make certain that your health is perfect. Because if, no. if he were to do things that where every aspect of your life was just Fruit Loops, uh, then you're, you're not going to have any character. You're not going to have any empathy. You're not going to that, – that human bizarre element that helps dumb it down and make it resonate – with people so yeah. that uh, we can all understand you're not going to have any of that. So you've got to have, have any, uh, right. So you've yeah. got to have aches and pains in, uh, in your life, but he is just not going to allow you to be put out of commission. And he's not going to give you, 
so much that you're distracted from the purpose because the purpose is, uh, in many cases, uh, far, far, far bigger than the, uh, the individual. So the mistreated stem, which has been extended, the harassed branch and, uh, and shoot, which has been robbed for it, will never uh, cease, never be harmed nor suffer not going to be touched, much less broken or destroyed, and no one will make physical contact. His confidence and courage will not falter. Boy, I will tell you, that is the truth. This restoring and, uh, and glowing wick, he will not allow to be quenched. This restoring and glowing wick, that is um, just enough light, enough light. Mm-hmm. To illuminate the world if you're looking for it and with with a single light like that you can get an entire fire glowing and you can ignite so many others with a similar passion and God says I'm not going to allow that to be quenched he will reliably truthfully and steadfastly, honestly, and dependably, verifiably, and perpetually. Bring forth and disseminate Yatsad, the operative term of the Exodus, because there is a new Exodus, the means to make informed and rational decisions, Mishvat. Uh, you know, uh, Kirk, when we began yeah. this on that statement that, that mentioned uh, the role that a Yada would play, and then it went right to the Bashar, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, human yes. herald, you'd say, okay, well, that's right. obviously it's talking about us, and and uh, and let's uh, let's hope that we we do a good job. This is actually more descriptive of what of of our time and place. It's actually more descriptive. This, this is God saying, this is how the world is going to react to him. This is how yes. I'm going to support him. This is the fire that he is igniting. And I'm going to tell you, it's never going to be quenched. I am not going to allow this fire to be quenched, no matter what you think you might want to do. You're wasting your time if you think you can put it out. And then he says, because of, of what Yahweh is doing for this individual, and he's not doing it for the individual. He's doing it because he wants the, the Nesh sign lifted up mm-hmm. on behalf of his people so that his reunion with Yisrael and Yahuda on Yom Kippur in mean, year 6,000 Yah yeah. is a spectacular party with wonderful, wonderful people. He's saying that what you're hearing is reliable. It is truthful. It is consistent. It's verifiable. Why is it those things? Because everything that we're saying is based upon Yahweh's words. What are we reading here? We're reading the words that Yahshua wrote uh, 2,700 years ago. So the reason what we're saying is reliable and true and trustworthy and dependable and verifiable is because we're not sharing something that we claim fell out of the sky or some plate that some spirit uh, dug up in the uh, in the forest 
We're not looking mm-hmm. into the volcano. No, this is reading, studying, considering, translating. Yeah, it was prophets. Can I interject those? He inspired. Pardon, Kirk? Yeah, can I interject those? May I interject those something here? Sure. You're doing verse 42.3, and I have, when you're reading, I have on my computer, I pull up a uh, interlinear. And it's not that the, and people used to ask all the time, well, which Bible do you recommend? I say, well, this one. <laughs> Read these translations. And, and what you will find if you're new to this or fairly new to this is, yeah, I can find the number of Mishpat 49, uh, 41, and it'll, and it'll translate it as justice. But when you read Mishpat here, we're talking about the means to inform and make rational decisions. Then you go on to expand it, a good judgment regarding the plan, helping to decide. So not only do you go on and on and on, you add everything that I can find in all these lexicons that are right to my right and also on my mm-hmm. computer. And I can come up with the same thing, and I do. And and I, I I do this for my sake, going over the stuff you have, just so I can make little uh, speeches like this. And in that, when you read this, you'll get so much depth. You can you can compare it anywhere you want with all these lexicons mm-hmm. and areas and things. And it is just such a joy. It makes so much yes. sense. It is the best presentation of God's word you'll find anywhere, yeah. uh, in, in, yeah. in the world. Period. And you can no one's and doing it's beyond this. even the lexicons. For example, oh, yeah. misfot. Yeah, uh, okay, misfot is a is a yeah. wonderful term. Misfot is one of many Hebrew words that is a compound word. It is mm-hmm. based on shafat. No yes. one denies that it's based on shafat. Shafat yes. means yes. to decide, to think, to judge, uh, to exercise good judgment to determine between right and wrong, good and bad, useful, mm-hmm. versus uh, uh, counterproductive. Uh, it is the method of making a quality decision is Shafat. And the, uh, the MI is from my that precedes it, uh, and it's an interrogatory. Uh, yeah, it encourages it. us to ask the who, what, where, mm-hmm. why, and when as well as how questions regarding Mm -hmm. exercising good judgment. So if we were to ponder how do we make good decisions, well, the first thing that you need to make a good decision is reliable, truthful information. What preceded this? He will bring forth reliably, which is the same word as for Exodus, that's the word that we translate Exodus, he will bring forth reliable and truthful information. Why? So that we can make a rational and informed decision. That is the entire purpose we are here. We want everyone who is listening, and particularly Israelites and Yehudim, but every Goyim is welcome, to be able to have access to accurate translations, truthful insights, consistent and verifiable conclusions, so that you can make an informed decision about who Yahweh is, what he's offering, and what he expects of us in return. Yashaya 42.3 is 
just as was 42.2, it is a summation of who we are and what we're doing. This is a restoring and glowing wick God himself will not allow to be quenched. And so long as we, uh, between now and the time he returns, we will continue to bring reliable translations, truthful insights, and dependable conclusions that you can use to make an informed decision about Yahweh. Nothing you can do in your life is more important than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Yahweh has a lot to say about this episode and the lives of his people. Because quite frankly, this is the final chapter of his original Torah teaching. It is now or never for the chosen people. Even with the luxury of time, 3,000 years since the previous kingdom of Dod, God could not find a single solitary Jew who would listen to him. And now, between Chag Matzah and Teruah in 2022, only 11 orbits around the sun remain for Jews to see the light. And for all of those, the world um, is going to be extremely off-kilter. So you're going to need some focus. You're going to need a handrail. With reconciliations in uh, 2033, October 2nd, 622 p.m., sunset in Jerusalem, year 6,000, Yah, rapidly approaching. Yahweh wants, he needs, to get Israel's undivided attention. And what better way than to speak prolifically of the witness he has promised to deploy throughout his prophets. That's why God brings this up. That's why these predictions are not just there in the Torah, but well, in every prophet that we have read thus far, there's a reference. Aware of what God has repeatedly revealed, everyone listening, to this program has a choice. You can capitalize upon what Yahweh has endeavored to bring to your attention, appreciate what he has deployed, that he has deployed his spirit to make all this available for your benefit. You can read it, you can validate it, you can respond to it. Or you can discount these prophecies, ignore what God is offering, scoff at these words retreat into religious rhetoric. Tell us about your faith. Cite some political platitudes. Continue as you and your people have been doing for the past 3,000 years. And see how that works out. So, Kirk, this is probably a good spot for us to uh, take a uh, okay. break and uh, yeah, and uh, pick this up this time uh, uh, next week. It's um, it's strange, uh, I will tell you. Um, yes. 
talking about oneself, um, but there there is a reason, uh, as we've shared, behind God's desire to do it this way. Um, I think, I mean, you know, because we know each other quite well, but yes. perhaps others that are listening to this program can sense this. There is a tremendous joy that goes with knowing Yahweh. There's tremendous freedom. Uh, there is the greatest source of enlightenment and understanding the world, the universe, if you will, humankind, of the past and the future, uh, that is so satisfying. Um, there is a spirit of boldness, of courage, and um, it should be contagious. If you're listening, this should cause you to say, I don't know what he has, but I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he knows, but I want to know it too. Yeah. Uh, there's something really special going on here. A confidence and courage and insights so far beyond what we've ever heard before. And yet they're all grounded. They're all proven. They're all verifiable. They're all consistent with the message that Yahweh, the creator God of the universe, conveyed to us um, over 3,000 years ago. And if you are among the chosen, uh, Yehud, a Yisraelite, it's time for you to give, uh, give up your ad- adherence to a culture that has caused so much pain. To this notion that God does not have a name. To the ridiculousness of rabbis claiming to speak for him. To this notion that somehow apart from God that you can protect that little strip of land from the billions of people that want to run you into the sea. God has a name, it's Yahweh. He has a covenant, and it is a family relationship. He has offered you his Torah, and it is comprised of teaching and guidance. He has delineated a path home, and that path is through the Moed Mikre, beginning with the doorway to life, called Pesach, followed by the most important day of the year, which is unyeasted bread, matzah where we are perfected so that we can be adopted into Yahweh's family, enriched and empowered on Shabuah, so we can do this job, all of us, on Teruah, sharing God's message in hopes that the reunion on Kippurim is a marvelous one. I want you to change your mindset so that you recognize that Kippurim means reconciliation. It does not mean affliction. God wants you to embrace the covenant relationship and accept his hand, not twirl a stupid chicken above your head. And the sukkah is all about returning to Eden. 
and life in the garden. This is God's message. It is his offer. Listen, capitalize. Uh, It is liberating. It is empowering. It is enlightening. It is enriching. It is forever. And even beyond all of those wonderful benefits, at the center of it all is Yahweh. He's fun to be around. Incredibly approachable. Marvelous. Funny. uh, A great teacher. Someone who is really the perfect dad. uh, Wanting to spend eternity hand in hand doing exciting things together. That's the opportunity that's before you. There is none better. And I hope that you choose to embrace it. Visit, uh, please, uh, yadayad.com. There's nothing for sale there. Everything is free. Um, I think there's currently 22 books on the shelf. They're there for you to read. You can also go to Amazon. You can Google my name, Craig Wynn, or uh, just Yadayawa series, and it'll take you uh, to each of those books, which you can buy royalty-free just for the printing and, and delivery cost from uh, from Amazon. So please do so. We'd encourage you to go to, go to yadayaw.com. <laughs> Excuse me, my my uh, little bit of COVID is, is still out. with me, is uh, beginning to bite again. It's time I say uh, good night. Uh, Kirk, thank you so much. We'll look forward okay, to Okay, buddy. It's a pleasure. Shabbat shalom. Good night. Shabbat shalom to you. Bye.